Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There, you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services. Thank you for joining us today for this podcast from Pineview Baptist Church. The following sermon was preached on November 21, 2021 by our associate pastor, Tim Morris. It's entitled, The Thanksgiving Service No One Else is Preaching, and it's taken from Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 46 through 52. We invite you to find your Bibles and to join us for this time of study in God's Word. Indeed, everyone who quotes Proverbs will use this proverb against you. Like mother, like daughter, you are your mother's daughter. Loathing husband and children, and you are the sister of your sisters who loathe their husbands and children. Your husband was a Hittite, and your father an Amorite. Your elder sister is Samaria, who dwells with her daughters to the north of you, and your younger sister, who dwells to the south of you, is Sodom and her daughters. You did not walk in their ways, nor act according to their abominations, but as if that were too little, you became more corrupt than they in all your ways." As I live, says the Lord God, neither your sister Sodom nor her daughters have done as your daughters have done. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, and abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. and They were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw fit. Samaria did not commit half of your sins, but you have multiplied your abominations more than they and have justified your sisters by all the abominations which you have done. You who judged your sisters bear your own shame also, because the sins which you committed were more abominable than theirs. They are more righteous than you. Yes, be disgraced also and bear your shame because you justified your sisters. To kind of give you a little background, Judah is being compared to Samaria and Sodom. And the beginning of chapter 6, uh, God traces the history of Jerusalem and the Jews. And according to William MacDonald, he says that the abominations committed by Jerusalem and Judah were worse than those of her heathen predecessors. The Hittites, the Amorites, the Samarians and even Sodom. And we see uh, this in verse 44, like like mother, like daughter, or as the saying goes, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And growing up, I had an older brother and an older sister. 
And I could see and I could learn from some of their mistakes. If they did something that my mom or dad didn't like, I could see how much tolerance my parents had. And I, I knew not to cross that line. Um, now, sometimes I would obviously kind of test that line, but I knew where that line was. I was able to learn from my brother and sister's mistakes. And so also we have the word of God as our schoolmaster, as Galatians 3.24 says, that it brings us to Christ so that we might be justified by faith. And through this passage in Ezekiel, I want to kind of focus on uh, verses uh, 49 and 50. And I, I found that there are some, some strong sins in this passage that we should take note of and not to follow in them. And uh, I'll let you know that they all start with the same letter. For alliteration, they all start with P. And the first sin that we sin, we see five sins to avoid. The first one is pride, verse 49. And the biblical sin of pride is the opposite of humility. And if you haven't read that book that we mentioned, uh, Gently and Lowly, we, we'll get you a copy. We've got some free copies of it. I would just uh, encourage you to read it um, because it's a good book. Um, it's specifically about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, what's nice is the chapters are small, uh, but they're also very deep. And uh, another really good book would be Jerry Bridges' book. Uh, he wrote a book called Respectable Sins. And in this book, Bridges addresses acceptable sins that we tend to tolerate in ourselves. Sins like pride and anger. Because sometimes we as Christians, we get so preoccupied with not committing the big sins. And Bridges gets to the heart of the matter that we all sin and that we all need God's grace and we need his forgiveness. And we shouldn't tolerate even small sins in our lives because it prevents us from growing in God's grace and his call for holiness in our lives. And if you're, if you're on Facebook or if you're on any other uh, social media, I'm sure you've seen a post like Cain killed Abel with a rock and not a gun. And that it's not guns that are the problem, but it's the sinful hearts of men. Um, a movie illustration. We like to watch a lot of the, the Kendrick Brother movies. And maybe you're familiar with some of their faith-based movies like Facing the Giants or Fireproof or Courageous. And one lesser-known movie is one called Flywheel. And it's uh, one of the first movies that they made about a, a used car salesman. And uh, he had cheated people, um, but he came to uh, saving faith in Christ, and he decided to, to give money back to those that he had cheated, um, uh, kind of like a modern-day uh, Zacchaeus story. And in one scene, he's talking to his wife on the phone, uh, and he says, I'm not being prideful. And the point is, when you have to say, I'm not being prideful, you're being prideful. And uh, so not only do we sin, see from this passage that there was uh, a sin of pride there in verse 49, we also see 
uh, a sin of plenty. Verse 49b, it says, fullness of food and abundance of idleness. Now we see from the New Testament in James that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. He created all things. And in Genesis 12, 2, Abraham, um, uh, speaking to Abraham, God said that he would bless Abraham so that he would be a blessing. Or in the beginning of the church of, uh, in Acts chapter 2, 44, it says that all believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold their possessions and their goods and they gave to anyone who was in need. God gives us plenty so that we can bless others so that they can bless the God in heaven for what you did for them. Now hear me out. Like the example of the rich young ruler, one does not receive salvation from selling all that they have and giving to the poor. This was a test from the Lord Jesus Christ to see whether his faith was placed in Christ and not in his things that he had. And if all you had to do was give all your things to the poor, John MacArthur says that then the poor, once they received their goods, could not be saved unless they gave all of those things away. And being saved is when you are putting your trust in the God-man, Jesus Christ. George MacDonald again says that sexual perversion was only one of Sodom's sins. The iniquity of Sodom also included fullness of food and abundance of idleness. And we are, not to, we are to notice how pride was singled out as the root of Sodom's sin with her abominations were traced back to their source. God had blessed Sodom with fullness of bread, but they had no care for others. So not only do we see from this passage a sin of pride and a sin of plenty, we also see a sin of poor management of funds. The, the latter part of verse 49 here of Ezekiel 16 says, Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy, but they were haughty and they committed abomination. They were haughty. They were arrogantly superior or disdainful. And the Hebrew word here is yaher. And it comes from a root word har, meaning mountain or hill. If you're arrogant or proud, you're, you're elated. You're, you have your head up in the clouds and you don't care about others. Our director of missions, Keith Hudson, strives to say we are to be great commission and great commandment people. To love God and to love others. With mismanagement of funds, they also provoked the poor by not taking care of them. In a recent article that I read uh, titled, Is the Church Responsible for the Welfare State? It says that the U.S. adopted the welfare system because prior to the 20th century, the church played a huge role in ministering to both the spiritual and the physical needs of the poor. 
But this all changed from the 1930s to the 1960s with the social gospel. And this was driven by the belief that Christ would not come back until we rid the world of all social evils like poverty. But what happened is they stopped preaching the gospel. It was more about social injustices and not about repenting and believing in Jesus Christ. And when you have agencies like the government spending more money than church-based programs, the government ends up trying to be the church. And if you want to know why things cost so much now, it's because we're just giving away free money. And this becomes a huge, sad tragedy when Christians and churches, they can't take care of the needs of their own and they have to rely on something other than the outside of their own, of their own walls to take care of basic needs. And so we are to strengthen the hands of the weak. We're to take care of widows and orphans, as James says. And if we don't, then we have made a grave sin. Finally, we see the fifth sin. We see a proclamation of judgment in verse 52. It says, You who judged your sisters bear your own shame also, because the sins which you committed were more abominable than theirs. They are more righteous than you. Yes, be disgraced also. Bear your own shame, because you justified your sisters. Now you've heard it said uh, more than once about um, a verse taken out of context of judge not lest you be judged from Matthew 7. And because in this next breath, Jesus also says, for the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And we are to judge righteously with discernment. And too often in witnessing, I'll, I'll ask somebody, if you think you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? And most people would say, I would go to heaven. And when I ask why, they would say, well, you know, I'm not as bad as Hitler or I'm not as bad as Mussolini or whoever the, the most vile person they have in their mind is. But the fact is that it's so easy to compare ourselves with the worst people in history and hope that our good deeds will outweigh our bad. But it doesn't work that way. If we've done one bad thing, we deserve condemnation. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And though in Ezekiel, this is a, an Old Testament passage, we see that God is gracious and he does keep his promises and he will remember his covenant. In the John McCarthy Study Bible, it says that God is gracious and he always finds a covenant basis on which he can exercise his grace. The Lord will remember the Abrahamic covenant made with Israel in her youth. Restoration will be by grace and not merit. And the new covenant, which is unconditional, saving, and everlasting, the basis of God's grace will not be keeping a list of rules. It's never been about do's and don'ts, but it's been about grace. And what a great 
acronym for grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. God sent Jesus, his only son, to pay the penalty that we deserve, and he gave us Jesus' perfect life and applied it to us. And so when God sees you and I, he doesn't just see all of our sin, all of our filthiness. He sees us as perfect because Jesus Christ was perfect. As we draw this to a close and try to wrap this up, if you look down at verse 62 of Ezekiel 16, it says, I will establish my covenant with you. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, that you may remember and be ashamed and never open your mouth anymore because of your shame when I provide you an atonement for all you have done, says the Lord God. The covenant God, Yahweh, keeps his promises. He keeps his covenant and he provides provision of atonement. This, this past Friday, there was a, a young man, 18-year-old uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, who, when he was 17, he shot three men and he killed two of them in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And this was the last year when uh, riots and protests were going on about uh, police brutality. And whatever your, whatever your stance is on the verdict, as a Christian, you should be able to identify with Kyle. Because he was faced with, with five counts. First degree intentional homicide, uh, attempted first degree intentional homicide, first degree reckless homicide, and first degree reckless endangering of safety. And I would encourage you to, you, you can find it anywhere, um, YouTube, social media, to watch as this young man, when this verdict is being given out, you can, you can sense his relief and you can, you can see the trajectory of his, of his life as it hanged in the balance of either spending life in prison or being let go. And on all five counts, the verdict was, was pronounced not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. And if you're in Christ, you've been pronounced, you've been declared not guilty. John McCarthy again says that atonement looks to the cross of Christ which God's just wrath on sin was satisfied so that he could grant grace to all who would believe. And so listen, whatever you've done, God has provided atonement and escape for you through his son, Jesus Christ. This is the meaning and the message of the cross, that Jesus Christ, the righteous one who was and is God in the flesh, took action to correct a wrong. What was the wrong? R.C. Sproul would say that you and I have committed cosmic treason against the Almighty. There was a debt that had to be paid. And as we said, the Bible says that the, the wages of sin is death. 
but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And one must confess with one's mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and then we will be saved. For with the heart we believe unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So as you sit around the dinner table this Thanksgiving, make sure that you give thanks to the giver of every good and perfect gift, the Father of mercy. Make sure that you're not prideful. Make sure that if you have plenty that you're sharing and that you are being good stewards of what God has given you and that you are caring for the poor and that you're not judging others and their sins, but that you're confessing your own. Finally, know that the provision of atonement was given by God and that it cost something. It cost his own son. Will you pray with me? Oh Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray that it would be in us. I pray that you would conform us to the image of your son. Father, that you would spark revival. And Lord, I ask that you would start it with me. How often I know that I have sinned. So Lord, I ask that you would forgive me, that you would forgive us, that you would cover us with the blood of Christ. Lord, that you would bring us to repentance. And Lord, I pray that if someone does not know you, that today would be the day of salvation. I pray that you would grant saving faith. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services.